It's a very encouraging message. We're waiting for the coming of the Lord. Kind of like a, James describes it as a farmer. He plants seeds out in his field and he's waiting for the harvest. He's waiting for the early and the latter rain. And that takes patience. And that's what we're in need of right now. James 5, 8. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. And we know it's coming. He's promised it. He's going to keep His Word. We don't know when that is. If He said it's going to be on such and such a date, like Brother Robert said, well, we'd think, well, we can... It's not for a while. We'll, We'll make all things right the day before or the week before. Well, that's not... (laughs) <laughs> you wouldn't repent if you if you were going to live your life that way because you didn't really believe he's coming back. Yeah. And Second uh, Peter three describes a lot of what's going on in this world right now. Read these words, Second yeah, Peter three three and four. Knowing this first that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. They say, Where is the promise of His coming? I don't see it. I'm just going to live the way I want to. And it says they're scoffers. Well, what if there's people who say, I believe He's coming back, but I'm going to follow my own lusts anyway. That would indicate they really are scoffers. That's kind of harsh, but I was thinking about how that would apply to me. There, He's promised He's coming back. We don't see it, but we need patience to wait for that. And I encourage you, brethren, to be found abiding in Him. In uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 28, we have this admonition. And now, little children, abide in Him that when He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him as coming. Just think, if I were to live my life, follow my own lusts, not really believing He's coming back, and then when He came back, I would be ashamed because I'd be caught living for myself instead of living for Him. He he died for me. He died for you. Because He's purchased us with His own blood, we're to live for Him, not for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I encourage you to not be ashamed before Him at His coming. Amen. That's my encouragement and uh, exhortation to you. Mm-hmm. Brethren, do you have uh, comments or questions, additions, thoughts that you had provoked in you by the, His sermon? I thought it was a very, very good encouragement. <clears throat> Sister Ada. Considering these words that Jesus says about not, do not let your heart be troubled. And there are other accounts of Jesus when his spirit was troubled, distinctly troubled, such as in John 13, verse 21, where Mm -hmm. he, right before he's going to announce that one of his disciples will betray him. Mm-hmm. It says that it, he was troubled in his spirit. And as he approached the cross, he was troubled in his spirit. But 
it says in his spirit. And I, I don't want to parse that out too closely, but I think that there is a truth that that what Christ experienced, we too in our own measure experience, and that is when, when uh, sinfulness uh, c comes up against righteousness, when the flesh, as the flesh um, lusteth against the spirit, there's a grating upon us that we experience that we can, where we're like, we're troubled by that. And yet, we're not, we don't have to let our hearts be troubled. Mm -hmm. And that is the very foundation of where our trust is, that the vulnerable part of us really, that could, that could go either way, where we could be swayed by our circumstances, where we could fall into fear. He says it again to them later, do not let your hearts be troubled. And he, then he tells them not to fear, do not be afraid. So to not, ha not be moved from the source of our conviction and our, our life in Jesus Christ. Brother Bob described a troubling that all of us, all of us experience, but that doesn't shake our, tr that doesn't have to shake our trust no. or move us from our confidence in Christ, which I think is what he's speaking to there in his disciples. They had, they were going to go through a time of testing um, when he was betrayed and crucified mm -hmm. but it didn't actually change Jesus Christ or any of his promises or even his presence with them that's right that's correct we see what's going on in this world and it troubles us in our spirit all the evil all the people are rebelling against God and uh, rejecting him and blaspheming and uh, that troubles my spirit it doesn't trouble my heart my heart is my control center center of who I am I'm not troubled in that area we're groaning. We're looking forward to the Lord returning. I was thinking I might be able to find it easily, but uh, I recall a passage that, that uh, when Lot was living in Sodom, he calls him righteous. I'll just have to go with what the Scripture says. But he was troubled by what was going on in Sodom. He saw this, and it troubled him. I don't know where that Scripture is. But, brethren, are there more comments or thoughts? Sister June. Uh, there's trouble and there's trouble. There's some trouble uh, really is inconsequential to heaven. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's just um, we, might be, we might be tempted to be distracted by worrying about things we, we don't need to worry about. But this troubling that, that Jesus is talking about when he said he believe in God believe also in me now he he is telling them that the things that were, were he has been talking to them about the promises of God being fulfilled what he was going to accomplish that it traces all the way back to God not to be shaken in our our faith and our and we use the word trust mm -hmm. our our uh, confidence in God Himself. These things have an effect on us, but they yes, do they not do. have the power mm -hmm. to take us from God or to cause mm -hmm. us to fail of f believing in God. Right. Amen. So that, yeah. that, now that is trouble. 
Yes. And so when and then whenever he he tells them that in his father's house are many mansions, yeah. if it were not so, I would have told you. Mm -hmm. So Amen. he is securing the promises of God in him Amen. to them, regardless of whatever lesser trouble comes to them. That's right. Amen. Brother Robert. It's Second Peter two seven and eight. What you're looking for? Is speaking about what uh, God did to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah yeah. for their wickedness. It says, mm -hmm. verse 6, turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto us, unto those that after should live ungodly. Yes. And delivered just lot, mm -hmm. vexed, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Yes. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. That's right. I feel that way. Mm -hmm. Vexed with what's going on. Thank you. Well, thank you, brethren. Well, we have uh, Sister June bringing the